Welcome to the Friends of Israel Today. I'm Steve Conover, and with me, as always, is our host and teacher, Chris Katolka. Today in studio, we are joined by Friends of Israel's Executive Director, Dr. Jim Showers, and North American Ministries Director, Steve Herzig. Yeah, Jim and Steve recently did Prophecy Up Close conferences, one in Milwaukee and one down in Florida, and they both came back telling me about the questions that the people in the audience had, and it mostly had to do with, is coronavirus in the Bible? Uh, is is uh, coronavirus something that God's prophetic word talks about? How is Israel dealing with coronavirus? So I thought it would be great to have uh, Jim and Steve in the studio to talk about these issues, to look at this from a real biblical perspective and really ask the question, what can the church be doing during this time? I think it's going to be a, a very fascinating and enlightening episode. Yes, yeah, stay with us for that. But first in the news, to halt the spread of the coronavirus domestically, Israel has instructed its people not to go to parks, playgrounds, the beach, pools, libraries, museums, or other public places. It has also banned gatherings of over 10 people, including religious purposes, and it's required those participating in any activity to maintain a distance of at least six feet. Finally, the Israeli government has called on the public not to leave home unless necessary, and currently police are not enforcing these instructions, but the public is expected to obey them. The government has instructed law enforcement bodies to prepare for the option of an eventual full lockdown. This is pretty serious. Look, uh, unlike most countries, Israel is extremely small. Uh, it's only the size of New Jersey. I've said that in the past. And, and let me tell you about Israeli people. Israeli people are very social people. They talk to one another. They embrace one another. They're very excited people. And so it's very difficult for them, I'm sure, to remain in isolation during this time. But see, the coronavirus could spread quickly in Israel if the government doesn't act swiftly. So my friends, Please continue to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Steve, Jim, welcome into the studio. Well, thank you, Chris. It's a pleasure to be here today. Thanks, Chris. This is uh, going to be an interesting discussion. Uh, you both were just talking to me uh, about a week ago. Uh, you were in... Uh, two different parts of the country, our PUCs, our Prophecy Up Close conferences. Uh, Jim, you were in Milwaukee in the Wisconsin area, and then Steve, you're down in Florida. And uh, the thing that was interesting is you both came back from two different parts of the country, and you both received very similar questions from our audience uh, about coronavirus. You know, is it in the Bible? What's what's God doing? What's Israel doing in response to the coronavirus? And so uh, I thought this would be a great episode to kind of... Uh, invite people into what the Friends of Israel is doing, talking about uh, coronavirus, whether or not it's in the scriptures, looking at it from a biblical perspective. And really, I'm hoping bring some peace to maybe some people who are might be living in fear right now. And so, you know, since coronavirus is on everyone's mind and it's coming at them from every angle, uh, whether it's their ha the health, the health of their family, their kids, their grandkids, and even the global economy, uh, you know, people are concerned about that. Uh, first of all, uh, Coronavirus isn't the first pandemic that we've ever dealt with in, in this world. So let's talk about this concept of disease in scriptures. And what are some of the instances in the scriptures where this concept of pestilence comes into play? Well, that's a great question, Chris, because pestilence is really where you go to when you turn to the Bible to understand uh, a little bit of what's going on. Pestilence is never portrayed as a random or naturally occurring uh, phenomenon in the Bible. What we see in the Bible is that it is always seen as a judgment or a punishment by God designed to turn people back to God. Okay. So 
When we come to the word pestilence, and that's used many, many times in the Bible, uh, it literally, the word itself literally means destruction. And by definition, it is a contagious epidemic disease of devastating proportions that leads to a high mortality rate and widespread panic. So this is something that I, I like what you said there. This is something that's designed to draw people back to God. Steve, do you see that as well in the scriptures? I know that you had some verses that, you know, that you were thinking about when it comes to pestilence and, and, and disease in the scriptures. Well, you know, I, the first thing that came into my mind was plagues uh, coming from a, the background I have and Passover, uh, not very far away. And uh, uh, plagues are things that came from God. Pestilence is a thing that comes as well. In fact, uh, often seen as God's judgment. There are a number of passages in the scripture that talk about uh, God bringing wrath. Uh, and he brought the sword. He brought pestilence. He brings famine. And yes, all that's designed for repentance. And in fact, uh, later on, I think we'll talk about the context of, of what that means in the future as well. So pestilence engulfs a whole community. You know, Chris, uh, God warned Israel that that is one of the tools he would use to bring judgment upon them if they fail to obey him. In Leviticus 26, Deuteronomy 28, both places, he says to Israel, one of the judgments that they will receive for disobedience was pestilence. And uh, both Jeremiah and Ezekiel frequently announced uh, pestilence upon Israel is God's judgment for their disobedience. But I, I love, too, the Bible balances that with Psalm 91, where the psalmist declares that those who are faithful to God will be protected from pestilence. So it's it's a blessing cursing kind of concept. It's blessed by God and you'll be protected from pestilence. But if you are cursed by God, pestilence is one of the the ways that God will judge. And um, but it's also interesting to note in scriptures that pestilences weren't restricted just to Israel. God also judged other nations. For example, uh, we have the uh, occasion where the Philistines in First Samuel five. They captured the Ark of God and they took it back to Ashdod and God brought upon them uh, a pestilence. It was a something to do with tumors that caused uh, disease and death. And so eventually uh, the Philistines gave it back to Israel and the community it settled in initially, Beth Shemesh. Uh, unfortunately, we read there that because they opened the lid and peeked inside, 50,070 men, God brought upon them the same disease and death. So there are examples where pestilence, God doesn't limit it just to Israel, but also brings it uh, upon other nations and other people. So let me ask you this then, because uh, we understand what's happening in the Bible there's a history of pestilence disease, God using it uh, for judgment. But I know some of the questions that you got is this is uh, from, from our from our listeners and in, in our conferences is, is this connected to God's prophetic word at all? Is is God judging us essentially? So, I, you know, I'd like to throw it out there and see what you all think about that. Well, you know, Chris, there's a number of places in history where there's been terrible diseases, the Black Plague, the Sp Spanish flu, Ebola. All these kinds of things have happened before, and we're still here. Uh, Jesus Christ hasn't returned. The rapture hasn't taken place yet. Uh, but some of the things described in, uh, in the scriptures as it relates to Jesus are found in what 
you and I would call the uh, tribulation period in Matthew chapter 24 and in Luke chapter 21. Um, those are things specifically, uh, when you look in Revelation chapter 6, all pestilence is one of them, but they come in a context that's different even than, than the time we're living in right now. Jim? Yeah. I w- and if I could pick up on that uh, for a minute, Chris, um, I agree with Steve 100%. And what we see, we see pestilence a lot in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, it, when we see pestilence, it tends to be connected to a sign, right? So as Steve said in Matthew 24, the Olivet Discourse, Jesus said that was one of the signs of his soon coming. And again, in Revelation, we read about pestilence during that time. So, um, you know, the appropriate response to pestilence in the Bible is not to try to deal with the cause of it, not to try to uh, come up with a solution to get rid of it, but rather to turn to God in repentance and call out upon him for mercy and for relief. I'll give you an example of that. We, we see that uh, in Israel when the Israelites uh, spoke against God and Moses. You remember God sent fiery serpents. That's in Numbers 21, sent fiery serpents that bit the people and they were dying. They didn't try to kill the snakes. They went to Moses and admitted that they had sinned against him and against God and asked Moses to pray to God to repent, that they were repenting, that, that God would forgive them and that he would relieve them of the, of the pestilence. So we do see that there is a connection to pestilence and what God does here on earth to God warning men that they need to repent and they need to turn to him. So there's an aspect of the sign component that, that this is a sign of, uh, of, of uh, really the birth pangs of something that's coming that's greater, um, uh, the rapture of the church, the, the tribulation period. But at the same time, it's calling God. God is calling us back to him, yes. giving us an opportunity to return to him. And let's be clear. The coronavirus is not the sign Jesus talked about or that Revelation speaks of, that John wrote about in Revelation. It, it it may be a lead up to that. It may be God setting the table or preparing the stage, if you will, for what's coming. But consistently in scripture, we can say pestilence uh, was designed by God to get people's attention to repentance so that he could forgive them. I would echo exactly, that's exactly what I was gonna say. We ought to be paying attention. We just recently had a call to prayer by the president. And without being political here, prayer is not political. We ought to be praying uh, because of this. When we come back, though, uh, Jim, I want you to answer a question I think is very interesting about God's judgment and relationship to the recent peace plan that's come out for Israel. You've gotten that great question. And, uh, and then we're going to also, as, and when we come back after the break, uh, we're going to continue our discussion with Jim and Steve and look at what Israel is doing in response to the coronavirus Uh, how they're really spearheading maybe some vaccines that could be helping us in the future when it comes to coronavirus and also what in the world should the church be doing during this crisis. So my friends, my listeners, please be sure to stick around. You know what, the Friends of Israel, we're, we're not shutting down during this time here uh, as, as we're all dealing with the coronavirus. We're, we're actually pushing forward with ministry. This is an opportune time for Friends of Israel to continue to minister to our Jewish friends, especially 
our elderly Jewish friends. I know uh, of some of our workers on the field that I have a great uh, privilege of leading. Um, they are already active in connecting with the Jewish community as Christians, connecting with the Jewish community, reaching out and even providing food, groceries and prayer for them. So we want you to know here at the Friends of Israel, we're not shutting down. We are advancing the gospel. We're advancing the ministry of the Friends of Israel. And we would love for you to continue to participate in what we're doing by simply going to foiradio.org. You can give to help continue to minister to our Jewish friends even now during this time of crisis. So again, that's foiradio.org, foiradio.org. You can give to help continue and advance the work of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. Welcome back, everyone. We have uh, uh, Executive Director Dr. Jim Showers of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry in studio, as well as Steve Herzig, the North American Ministries Director, our outreach component at the Friends of Israel as well. Here in studio, we're talking about coronavirus. Is it in the Bible? Does it matter? How is God using coronavirus to to welcome people really back uh, uh, to turn to him, to repent, to come to him? Um, and, and, uh, and we're also looking at what Israel is doing in response to coronavirus. And so, Jim, someone asked you a question, which I thought was great that you sent to me, and it was this. Is the coronavirus a judgment from God on the United States because of the recently announced Israel-Arab peace plan by President Trump? Are we being punished for dividing Israel since all the land belongs to Israel? Jim, I think this is a very fascinating question, and I'd, I'd appreciate your thoughts on this. Well, it, it is a great question, and I think it's on the mind of certainly a lot of people uh, my response to that question is simply this. If we think about the coronavirus, it is a worldwide epidemic that began in China and really has spread around the world. And so it seems unlikely it's a judgment against the United States if God has really brought it upon the whole world. So I do not see it as a judgment against the United States. Again, all that our administration has done is propose a plan that would bring both parties to the table to negotiate. They haven't forced Israel to do anything with the land at this point. Uh, it's all a concept right now. And um, I think we just need to keep in mind that uh, God has bigger things he's doing on earth than just the United States. And this is certainly one of them. Now, the, what Israel is doing with coronavirus has actually had a direct effect on us here at the Friends of Israel. First of all, we are just today welcoming back one of our very own colleagues who's been stuck in Israel because of the coronavirus situation. He's going to be landing uh, today in the United States, and we're praising God for that. We also had another colleague in New Zealand who's just getting back. Our March trip, Jim, that you were leading was canceled uh, because of coronavirus. Uh, Israel seemed to have taken steps pretty early on to help try to thwart this uh, 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 COVID-19. Uh, can you talk about some of the things that Israel's doing today? Yes. Well, Israel initially began quarantining anybody that they determined had the virus. And then they took the next step, which was anybody coming back from a region of the country where the virus was active, they, they required an in-home 14-day quarantine. And just a week and a half before we were to leave on our spring tour, then Israel announced that they were going to require anybody who entered the country uh, to quarantine in a home for 14 days, which effectively meant that international travelers couldn't enter Israel uh, unless they had a, an apartment or a home where they could go and quarantine. And for a tour, which lasts about a week and a half, it meant that it shut down the tourism business. 
Uh, Israel followed right after that with a request that all current tourists in the land leave as soon as it was reasonably possible. And I'm pretty sure by now all of the tour groups are out of Israel. The tour sites are shut down. It's having a tremendous negative impact on the tourism business in Israel. So it's a, that's a big part of their economy. It's as well. a huge part of their economy. And it, it just gives you an understanding to how seriously Israel takes this threat. And so um, they have been the most aggressive country that I know of in trying to control this. But they are also working very aggressively on treatments and on, on vaccines uh, that will help address this. And so it's yet to be seen exactly um, all that Israel's going to do to help with this crisis, but they are one of the countries that is out front. Yeah, leading the way. And Steve, I, I wanted to ask you, you know, I've been reading in the news uh, that there are certain laboratories in Israel that are really spearheading the a vaccine uh, for coronavirus. I saw it right away. The moment coronavirus started growing in China, um, uh, and moving its way into Europe, I saw that Israel was already on the move to create a vaccine. Uh, what update can you give us on well, that? Well, I could give you a, a, a couple, one from the Jewish press and one from the Jerusalem Post. Actually, there was a vaccine for avian coronavirus, infectious bronchitis virus. I'm glad they put letters to that so that I, <laughs> it's called IBV, IB I as in boy, V. And because of their research in that particular corona, this one, uh, Migal, which is Galilee Research Institute, uh, which has 80 PhDs, 260 researchers at 53 labs. This is in Little <laughs> Israel, in New Jersey, <laughs> yeah. has been working on it. And uh, now I'm real skeptical, Chris, uh, because people are writing about this all the time. But the Jerusalem Post re re uh, reported that... They say within 90 days, uh, they will have tested it and it could be out. But I caution, as I'm on the radio, I caution people. We're, we're so excited about this. We, we're looking. You looked. I'm sure you and a million other people looked. So uh, I'd caution people. Check the Internet. Look it up. But it is Magal, Galilee Research Institute. Maybe you could check it out yourself. And as time goes on, we might get updates on this. But, yeah, they're they're taking action and that's an encouragement to us yeah i was uh reading and i think we even did a news spot on this in the past where uh we were reading about the fact that uh that you know the coronavirus isn't something that's absolutely brand new there were already it's 19 number yeah, 19 ni number 19 coronavirus so they actually already have vaccines in place for these but it's manipulating it to the human uh, genome essentially and what we're dealing with uh, as we contact one another and and israel's actually taking the steps of manipulating those uh, vaccines that they already have for for us and what we're dealing with right now, which is just fascinating. And one of the reasons I think that's uh, worthy of paying attention to, Chris, is because we know Israel is leading the world today in innovation per capita. They have more innovation occurring than any other country in the world. And uh, medical science and biological science are two areas that they have some of the top minds in the world uh, that are working on innovative things. So if anybody's going to solve this, uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if it's Israel. Uh, I, I want it's true, Jim. Actually, per capita PhDs as well in the world, uh, you know, uh, Israel leads that. So we, I think, uh, we should be looking to them for what how the next vaccine that comes out. Which I'm very, very glad that God is using them not only to bless the world by giving us the Messiah, but He's using Israel to bless the world through innovation and technology.
But, you know, talking about the idea of blessing the world, um, you know, in the early church period, I found this fascinating. Um, in the early church period, uh, Rodney Starks, who wrote this book called The Rise of Christianity, he actually tracked the rates of pagans becoming Christians uh, in the early church in three different plagues. Uh, one that happened in the second century, one that happened in the third century, and one that happened in the sixth century AD. And it was that in early Christianity, uh, elderly slaves would just be left to die during a plague. Um, widows would just be left to die. People wouldn't help them. But Christians actually stood up during this time, risked their own lives, and would feed and, and be with and pray for these people. And during this time of plague, uh, Christianity saw a rise. During these plagues, Christianity saw a rise in numbers because people saw the compassion that was coming from Christians in the early church. What should the church be doing today uh, to impact our communities during this time of crisis? Well, I, I think there's many things. Uh, there's the fact that churches may not be able to hold services doesn't mean that the needs and that's right. people have tremendous needs. I heard this week about a church that in their community was offering daycare for healthcare workers who maybe have children in daycare that's been closed. And so they're offering to, um, come to the home and care for, you know, send somebody to the home to care for the children so that the parents can go to work and serve, help those who are sick. So uh, also churches who are taking necessary supplies to the elderly. There, there are so many things we can be doing, but I think we need to remember too, in order for the church to reach so many people during a crisis like this, the church has to be preaching the gospel. And so if this, is a, if this is a sign from God or a message from God that the, that the world needs to repent, we have to be preaching that message. And I love what Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 55 when he said, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Because Jesus warned us to be watching for the end to come. And so this is an opportunity for those of us who understand what the scriptures teach about the end to be warning people that they need to set their house in order with the Lord because nobody knows the day or hour when it'll be too late and the Lord will no longer be near. This is a great opportunity for the church to be in action. This is a great opportunity for us as believers to really set forth a, a presence of peace, the peace that we have in Christ the peace that we have in the gospel and, and through our actions and works uh, that we show out of the love that we have for Christ and the proclamation of the gospel, we, we, I think, can really be a great testimony to a world that's looking for some comfort during this time. I want to thank Dr. Jim Showers for being in studio with us and, and Steve Herzig. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for your wisdom and your insight during this difficult time. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Thank you for being with us today, and a special thanks to Dr. Jim Showers and Steve Herzig for being our guests. Chris, 
Any closing thoughts? Yeah, I want to continue to remind our listeners that we're not shutting down here at the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. We are continuing to advance the work that the Lord has given us to minister to our Jewish friends. We're still ministering in Israel. We're still ministering all around the world. You know, the church thrives in crisis. And here's the reason why, because in the middle of crisis, we have a peace, a a peace that passes all understanding in Christ. And so when we can present that peace through the work that we do to minister to others, I really think people gravitate to see who is this person? Why are they acting this way? It's Christ in us. And so I want to encourage you to go to foiradio.org to help us continue to advance what the Friends of Israel is doing by prayerfully giving to the work of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry at foiradio.org. Thank you, Chris. Our host and teacher is Chris Gatolka. Today's program was produced by Tom Gallione, co-written by Sarah Fern. Our theme music was composed and performed by Jeremy Strong. And I'm Steve Conover, executive producer. The Friends of Israel Today is a production of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. We are a worldwide evangelical ministry proclaiming biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah while bringing physical and spiritual comfort to the Jewish people.